0: i
1: With the 12th pick in the 2024 NFL Draft, the Denver Broncos select...
2: Michael Penny Jr.
1: <laughs> that's, good. Uh, that's what wants, Henry. What do you want? Um, what do you want, not what do you think? Oh, uh, Jaden Daniels. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> like, Jayden if, if we can just say whatever we want, I'll say Jaden <laughs> Daniels. Yeah, why not? Yeah, I would go Jaden Daniels as well. uh and the, I think the Denver Broncos select the DNVR Broncos podcast. Welcome to the show. We've got Super Bowl fifty champ Todd Davis with the bling on today. We've got Henry Chisholm with the Nuggets bling on, repping the uh, Nuggets. And Zach Stevens wrong with you? We've got. Uh, Two producers behind the camera, so shout out to all the work going on behind the camera. Subscribe, throw a thumbs up if you're listening on YouTube. And guys, it's officially mock draft season. (laughs) Mel Kuyper, probably the biggest name out there, dropped his first mock draft yesterday, so that means the season is officially underway. And we're going to break down all the different guys that mock drafts have the Broncos picking, but we're really going to key in on six or seven guys today and probably moving forward and henry why don't you tell us why we've identified these specific guys and why it's important to key on key in on certain mock drafts
3: well so anybody can make a mock draft like we could sit here and just be like yeah number one kill okay, we'll like kind of run through we will do that oh yeah we will and people will love it because anything that has a mock draft like people are all in it's like who the broncos is gonna get any team, any fan of any team would love to see whatever But there's really only, like, a few guys who, first of all, like, grind through the tape. Actually, there's a lot of guys who grind through the tape. But then what separates, like, Mel Kuyper, Dane Brugler, Daniel Jeremiah, is that they're also constantly talking with, like, GMs and executives around the league. And so they actually get to know what teams are thinking. I think that with mock drafts, it's cool to see, like, who the Broncos pick. But especially at this stage, what I'm most interested in is like wh- how many quarterbacks are going in the first round yep. or like those sorts of things who who is the top cornerback and, and those guys have talked to so many people that at this point you kind of start to see who who's in the top 5 who's in the top 10 which quarterback is number 4
1: and you said there was research done by looking at specifically like Mel Kuyper and yeah. stuff uh, and his success rate is higher than just the random uh, yeah CBS Sports guy that does Yeah it.
3: which no offense to CBS Sports, but what the nerds have found is that they do a pretty bad job with this stuff. Mm-hmm. Them in pro, foc- pro football focus, like they rely a lot on their own grades, which means that what they project is a little bit off the wall compared to what's actually happening. Um, but yeah, so like Mel Kuyper, he actually only got one pick right in last year's mock draft, wow. which is kind of crazy. It was Bryce Young at number one. But... Over the past, like, <laughs> five mean, years or so. <laughs> you what, pretty
1: much are going to discredit everything else you just said, oh, Henry. But, yeah. I
3: mean, like, again, like, that's not really the point at this point. The point is, like, what? how exactly do these guys stack up? And then also, so, like, that people have also, I think, like, Hogshaven. Like Haven. the prospects,
1: not the prospects. Yes,
3: exactly. Yeah. So, like, Hogshaven is, went through last year, I, I think, and found, like, Mel Kuyper. When you look at his order of players, the players he ranks higher than others, are better so like when you look at who who makes mock drafts with the most accuracy in terms of the players who are the best Kuiper's number one and he's like number three in terms of accuracy in terms of like how far off they are from like the spots but then there's like brugler and dj like those guys are all just way up there at the top with all that stuff
2: so if gms want to be successful they should just stick to his mock draft Because he's going to give them the best side to pick the best the best players. What you're saying?
3: Yes, but it's also kind of a chicken and egg thing because he's saying like, who are the best players? Then he's putting them up high. Uh huh. And so that's why because they all asking NFL teams exactly. And so he he could like go to George Payton for example and be like, hey, what do you think of uh, Terry and uh, the Arnold Terry and Arnold the cornerback? From Alabama, and be like, oh, you know, I think he's pretty good. What are people saying about these quarterbacks? Where are people saying these quarterbacks are going to be gone by twelve? And so you kind of have this little information trade with those top guys. You know, what's
1: fascinating too. Is there's probably a layer to this where uh, in Mel Kiper's mind, or maybe he's actually gone through and done this. He's probably uh, done some research on the GMs he talks to to see mm-hmm. how successful those guys are, and mm-hmm. then probably listens to some guys more than others throughout this process. Because what he's been doing it for. 30 or 40 years or something
3: maybe even more yeah like i guess it couldn't be too much more because he's like in his early 60s but yeah like that it is really interesting i'm, I'm i may, love them you, you want
2: to like go back and uh check his win percentage now because he yeah. was one for 32 <laughs> last year <laughs> even though if you're doing it for 30 yeah. years you've gotten 30 picks right like yeah <laughs> i don't know if that's a
3: good winning I percentage. Think, yeah. oh it's definitely not uh, but i think like when you look at most guys they get like five or six right Because, like, it's just so chaotic in terms of what's gonna happen. So, who was
1: each year they get five or six right?
3: The best, yeah. So, then why would we why
1: are we putting Mel on this uh high pedestal if he got one right? Like,
3: it was just a bad year, okay? Okay. You like, you have again, like, there's a 30 year track record, but that's why, like, when people say the Broncos are taking this guy, it's like, okay, sure they are, but the bigger picture is like from eight to 14 these six or seven guys are getting drafted. And that sounds like kind of the Bronco range right there. Mm. Yeah. Mm. But it is also interesting because you get to see who all the nerds, uh, nerds and like experts think the Broncos need, which is always kind of fun. What makes a nerd
1: not an expert? Like what? what Reporting.
3: Okay. Okay. I'm a nerd. (laughs) I'm not asking George Payton who's getting drafted. I'm just watching. Okay. And I'm not even as big a nerd as these nerds. And I mean that (laughs) with like respect to those nerds
1: i love it i love it um uh, i think i'm gonna have mel kuyper's at least mel kuyper's success rate this year because i'm gonna say that the bears with the number one overall pick are drafting caleb williams Mm. i think i'm gonna go one for one with that one
2: maybe maybe they trade back and (laughs) get somebody else
1: okay (laughs) i'll say the first pick in the draft is Uh, caleb williams that's a winner that's a winner um okay so let's take a look around and let's start with mel kuyper himself because mm-hmm. he's he's the biggest mm-hmm. as henry's saying he's the best as well biggest doesn't always mean best but sometimes it does a lot of the time. um yeah a lot of the time henry from experience or just from Uh-oh. looking at mel here we go uh yeah <laughs> uh yeah just i'll just stand by what i said <laughs> so mel has the broncos not selecting a quarterback he mm. has the broncos selecting pass rusher outside linebacker mm-hmm. Layatu Latu? Latu, mm. yeah. Latu? yeah Layatu Latu? From Washington. Leatu Latu. Uh, formerly a Washington player, uh-huh. so he started his, his uh, uh, college career at Washington. He yep. has a very interesting story. Then he transferred to UCLA yep. and then balled out the past two years at uh-huh. UCLA. There's kind of a big caveat in there yes. of what happened between when he was at Washington for his first season or two. And when he got to UCLA, Todd, he didn't play for an entire season after playing one or two years at Washington as a freshman and sophomore. Yep. He medically retired for an entire season mm-hmm. yeah. because the Washington doctors, uh, he suffered a neck injury his sophomore season at Washington. And then when he came back for that next season, the doctors said, your neck is, is not healed. In fact, you're, you can never play football again. So Mm -hmm. he medically retired for an entire season and then entered the transfer portal, went to UCLA. Uh, The doctors, some doctors clearly cleared him to play, said he was fine enough. UCLA's cleared him to play. They've got
3: like good doctors.
1: Yeah, I I would Uh, hope so. Like it's UCLA. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. it's (laughs) UCLA. It's football team. I I would hope so.
2: He's probably going to be like the first or second Defensive player taken. Yes. Assuming things
3: don't go horribly so with what's his the medicals. P- what's
2: the problem with Penix? <laughs>
3: <laughs> he was never <laughs> told, hey, you should not probably play football <laughs> again <laughs> and had to sit out a whole year because uh, of it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. There's no neck uh, issues there.
1: And this guy uh, is going to have way more stress on his body Man. than you Who's hope at? Penix. This guy is. who? uh latu yeah yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah yeah i got nice, it yeah. i know i know <laughs> 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 he's gonna have so much more stress on his body throughout his career this is than you crazy. hope michael Penix does because yeah, should be getting hit less than a defensive uh end slash outside linebacker with the broncos and a 3-4 scheme he would be an outside linebacker he's 6'5 267 pounds yeah. when you talk about like profiles of someone this is bradley chubb yeah the, the, this isn't Um, A speed rusher, this is a guy that can win from speed, but, I mean, he is a big-body guy. I think Chubb was listed, like, at this exact same size coming out, too.
2: Dang. Those are big boys. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) For you to say it's a big boy means something.
2: Yeah, for real. I mean, we need edge defenders, but I don't think that's number one on our list. Mm. And I I didn't see his whole list, but some of the lists I've seen see us taking the edge rusher when Brock Bowers is still on the board. Like, ooh. I don't understand why we would do yeah. that. We need offensive weapons. Like We were able to make things happen with who we had last year. And I feel like in a lot of those pieces, you can plug and play. But yeah. you got some some really good talent and some really good uh, premier players still left on the board. I wouldn't take a, a edge rusher. We've done an edge rusher how many years now? From <laughs> Shane, uh, Shane Ray, Ray to Chubb. Like, we got to yeah. go maybe different yeah. direction. That's a
1: great point. So Henry, do you have mel's entire mock draft pulled up yeah i can pull up Um, up. because i am curious who's on the board for the broncos is it are five quarterbacks taken ahead and then you also have brock bowers like the three top receivers neighbors rome they're all gone and it just falls where you're like well shoot we can take the best defensive player might as well if that's the case okay i understand it's probably not the case yeah and todd i'm with you like the defense could get better certainly. I mean, you're not the Baltimore Ravens. You're not a top three defense. Um, but the defense got so much better after the awful first five games of the season. Yep. The offense needs help. Has needed help for so long. So I'm with you. Unless like it falls so bad for you in the first eleven picks, this should be an offensive guy. How does it fall? Yeah. In Mel's
3: well, draft? first of all, in two of the big three drafts. Nine of the first 10 picks are offensive players. Mock drafts? Yeah. Yeah. So, there. I mean, if you want offense, there's a lot of offense in the draft. Um, But that could be bad news for the Broncos. It depends on how you want to look at it. I mean, there will be offensive players off the board, but, like, when 20 of the 32 – I think this one was 21 of the 32 picks are offense. Like, there's a lot of offense that's out there in this one. Um. But so, Cale Williams goes first. Number two is Jaden Daniels in Mm. front of Drake May, which is interesting. Drake may has to be three. Um, yep, he's three. And then the only other quarterback in the first round. So, all of like the big three, they have four quarterbacks in the first round. Um, this one has JJ McCarthy at number 16 and says, like, he's a hmm. second round prospect, but somebody's going to reach because of the traits. Mm. So, you're losing your mind for quarterback. I'm questioning. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm, I'm questioning
2: because who are, the, who are the Falcons? Who do they have the Falcons
3: taking? Why would they Falcons not take have Dallas Turner. They just don't think those quarterbacks are good enough. Wow yeah so Dallas Turner is the only defensive player like he was the freak actually um he was Drew Sanders roommate at Alabama um when they were I think were they both freshmen no how did that work I know that they were roommates at some point um but as a freshman Dallas Turner was like insane and hasn't been quite as productive but he's hmm. just another freak
1: yeah in fact last year when will anderson was being talked about as the best defensive player in the draft and then was the first defensive player taken in the draft and mm-hmm. was the the texans did that crazy trade to go and get him yeah. um mm-hmm. there were some people around alabama but then also some draft people that thought dallas turner is actually better than will anderson yeah. and i think that has cooled off a little bit um especially with how good will anderson's been this year and dallas yeah. turner he's was, had a down was, year. Was really good but yeah. still yeah didn't have that breakout year so that, I mean, I guess if you land him at nine, but if I'm the Falcons, if I'm a Falcons fan, I'm losing my mind
3: <sighs> going down this route again. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. if they say the the quarterbacks aren't good, like that's why they're saying it. Like right. if you're a Falcons fan, you're, you might be upset about it, but if it turns out that you really do have three top three quarterbacks and three quarterbacks who play like second rounders, in hindsight, they probably won't be as upset.
1: And one of the things that, that you highlighted um off camera yesterday to me that you touched on now was one of the things you you do look at mock drafts Mm -hmm. for specifically like the big trusted mock drafts is trends it's not necessarily Mm -hmm. the hit rate Uh because you wouldn't be looking at mel kipers and giving him any sort of credit if he was one for 32 you look at those players like you said how how those players that he ranks how they stack out but then another thing is you look at trends of how many quarterbacks are going in the first round
3: maybe Mm -hmm. that can
1: give you an insight like you said, four quarterbacks taken in, in a lot of these big mock drafts yeah. in the first round. If this trend continues and you truly believe that, maybe you roll the dice if you're the Broncos and hope one falls to the second round. You don't have a second round pick, so then you have to trade up in the second round. That's a conversation for later, but I just wanted to highlight that because uh-huh. that's something that you pointed out, Henry. I
3: guess the other thing with the trends, last year the quarterbacks moved up the board a little bit in the draft process. Um so, like, Mel Kuyper's first was number two, right. uh, C.J. Stroud, number four, Bryce Young, number five, Will Levis, number nine, Anthony Richardson. And so it turned out they're actually only three because Levis wasn't a first-round pick. But through all the mock drafts, I, I just went through, like, Kuyper's first and last, Brugler's first and last, Jeremiah's first and last. Only one of those um, one of those six only had three quarterbacks going. In the final draft, there were just three in the first round. And for the, mo- for the most part, the quarterbacks have stayed pretty much where they are um Obviously, like 2022, they all just like dropped off because there was only one in the first round. So like Kuyper started with four in his first mock draft, and his last one he had two. And it turned out it was just Kenny Pickett as a first round pick. Uh-huh. But like there will an be ebbs and here. flows, yeah. but things do stay kind of similar. Oh,
1: interesting. Kind interesting. of similar. Yeah. So that's that's yeah. fascinating to follow because maybe Penix is there and that changes. Okay, I want to get back yep. to what where. Uh, um Mel Kiper had the Broncos and and what players were still on the board. Yep. After I tell you about DraftKings Sportsbook where I want to give out my DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week after I tell you about how to really capitalize over at DraftKings. If you use the code DNVR when you sign up over at DraftKings Sportsbook and place a $5 bet, they're going to give you $200 in bonus bets instantly. And no better time to get in than this Sunday for championship weekend. You can use those $200 in bonus bets to make even more money by betting on the Chiefs to lose. Betting on the Ravens to win in that case. Mm -hmm. Or betting on the Lions to pull off the massive upset over the 49ers. Chiefs right now plus three and a half. It seems like that line is Mm -hmm. kind of stabled out right there. And the Lions plus 7 seems like that line has also stabled right around 7. So head to the App Store, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now, and use the promo code DNVR at sign-up. I'm excited to see what our picks are for this weekend later in the week, <laughs> but I want to give out a lock. For my DraftKings pick of the week after I tell you that if you have a gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY and Connecticut help is available for problem gambling call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org please play responsibly on behalf of Boothill Casino and Resort in Kansas 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance cdkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible Gaming resources. Uh, NFL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Football League, all rights reserved. Okay, our DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week. I'm staying away from the Chiefs Ravens game mm. for now, I'm going to the other one. I, the closer we get to this game, the more I might just be hitting Mo- Lions money line. Mm-hmm. So that means I love Lions mm-hmm. plus seven. They're yeah. gonna keep this game w- within a touchdown mm-hmm. at least. So give me Lions plus seven for my DraftKings sportsbook pick of the week. I love them to stay within a touchdown.
2: I uh, I'm going for like a big win right Ooh. here. Um, the Lions, I think, are gonna be successful in the game, and they're gonna have to do it. On the ground. I think they're going to have to ground and pound these 49ers. I know they have a great defense, but they have to stick with what really works for their team. And right now, Jameer Gibbs is plus 950 for the first touchdown score.
3: Whoa. I feel like
2: Brock Purdy is going to come out a little slower than normal, like he did last Mm -hmm. week. And I think the Lions are going to still have some juice, some energy. So I'll take the plus 950. If it hits, I'll buy everybody around. Let's go. go. (laughs) Let's
1: go. Um, That's a hell of a pick. I love it.
3: I've got the Buffs tonight. They're two-and-a-half-point favorites at Washington. Washington isn't very good, Um, and the Buffs are now just, like, healthy and rolling, and Cody Williams just got mocked as, like, the number one pick in the draft. Like, they're hot. They're really good, and uh, actually hottest team in the Pac-12 going up against, I guess, Washington only lasts the last one. So give up the two-and-a-half points. Buffs are going to win tonight.
1: Okay, help me out on this line really quick. Um, no touchdown score over at DraftKings Sportsbook. So saying there's going to be no touchdown <laughs> scored in the game is plus 18,000. Wow.
3: I wouldn't bet on that, but. 180 to one? Wow. Yeah. You would? No, because there's going to be a touchdown. <laughs> uh-huh. But I mean, if it happened, you'd make a lot of
1: money. So that's under the first touchdown score. You can bet no touchdown score. Mm-hmm. But then under the last touchdown score column. The no touchdown score is plus 17,000.
3: Wow. So don't take that one.
1: Yeah, exactly. What, am different? I missing anything? <laughs> no. Like, no. why would you take the one no. with less juice? <laughs>
3: no. Don't do it. Maybe that's
1: my sports book pick of the week or Japanese sports pick of the week. Is if you want to pick one of those, yep. pick the plus 18,000. Sounds yeah.
2: 17,000. Why not? <laughs> like, it's either nobody scores the first touchdown or nobody scores the last <laughs> touchdown. Bet them both. And shout out to our friends yes. over at Circle K. If you want to be part of the inner circle, it's a free membership. Very, simple. You download the app, use the QR code, which is on the screen. Just enter your email and phone number and you are fully enrolled. After that, all you need is your phone number uh, to get the deals. The first five Phillips you get 25 cents off of grass. Gas is expensive. If you want to save some money, this is a great way to go about it. Your first five Polar Pops are free. Every six free on several items, including pizza, the roller grill, dispensary beverages, donuts, and more. If you want to be part of the inner circle, either download the app, hit, hit your camera, Get the QR code, scan the QR yeah, code, there you yeah. Go. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, join the inner circle.
1: Man, you said grass at first. I was like, they sell that type of grass over at Circle K. Oh. Oh, oh, grass for <laughs> what? Gas.
3: Gas grass? Grass can be gas, though. You know, <laughs> <It's true. laughs> that is true. <laughs> grass can be gas. Should okay, we run Henry. through the mock draft? Yep. yep. So, Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels, Drake May. We know that Marvin Harrison Jr. Best player in the draft. Brock Bowers. Been like a freak since he was a freshman. So he's a fifth pick. Yep. To, to who? To who? Uh, chargers. A lot of the mock drafts have the Chargers taken, which makes sense. Like, yeah, that when you make just sense. look at like best player on the board and their needs. A lot of.
1: I've I've either seen that or a wide receiver Yeah, yeah. to five. Yeah, and the receiver's
3: some... tough because, like, they've already got Keenan Allen, the first-round pick from last year, and Mike Williams. Keenan yeah. Allen is old. Mike Williams can't old. say healthy. But they, <laughs> so, did, go the first, sucks. they <laughs> did go first <laughs> yeah. round last year yeah. for the
2: wide receiver. So I don't think they'll do yeah. it yeah.
3: Really. That's why Brock Bowers just seems so easy. After yeah. that, so number six, the Giants have Malik Neighbors, LSU, receiver. like, mm-hmm. best receiver in the country last year, if you look at the production. So through six picks, zero defensive guys picked. Yeah. Number number seven, Joe Alt, the tackle from Notre Dame. Yep. Kind of like arguable top tackle. Eight, Dallas Turner, first okay. defensive player to the Falcons. Um, Chicago Bears, Romo Dunze from Washington, the receiver. Number 10, Olufushanu, the big tackle from Penn State, goes mm-hmm. to the Jets. Um, also arguably top tackle. Number 11, the Vikings take Nate Wiggins, like the speedy corner from Clemson. They wouldn't take a quarterback? Again, like... <laughs> According to Kuyper, the quarterbacks are not worth it. You like you draft, Mel. You Come draft on, quarterback <laughs> there. They're saying, nope. You, you're better off getting somebody who can play. What's Mel said? You need to have a talk to Mel about Mel. Yeah, um, Mel right. needs to tennis. call you. That's, that's,
1: <laughs> hey,
2: look, I don't want him to go. I'm just go trying to help. I don't want him to go one for thirty two again.
1: You know what I'm <laughs> 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 so uh, we talked about it before. You read through those names. Yep. That's pretty much uh, a nightmare scenario for the Broncos Is if it? they want to go if they mm-hmm. want to go offense yeah. because so many two of those tackles three receivers and taken. bowers.
3: Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. You definitely have, I mean, Keon Coleman is a great receiver. Like he's also kind of redundant, like six foot four kind of very Cortland Suttony in terms of how you use him. But if that's the offense, Sean wants to run, that's the offense to me, like Terry and Arnold, the cornerback from Alabama, I think he's the best cornerback in the draft. And so you have like Nate Wiggins off the board. It kind of feels lucky that he's still there, but, hmm last time is the what broncos is.
1: used the first round pick on a cornerback didn't they get kind of lucky selecting the second yes, cornerback in the draft did. because one pick ahead of them uh the panthers yep. went a different direction at cornerback they did so just because you get the second one doesn't mean it's not the best um this is actually the only mock draft that i've seen where uh, um nate wiggins is the first cornerback drafted
3: yeah me too. I I didn't like track all his. I thought it was interesting. Kool Aid McKinstry in all these drafts. They're saying like he's a second round prospect, mm. and like a couple of them said like they need a cornerback, so they'll take him at like one of at thirty one, um, one at twenty six. So I thought that that was kind of interesting that we've like flipped so far. But you go back like Terry and Arnold, he's a monster. Like he's so big. Like he plays in the run game. Like he's just so sticky in coverage. I think he broke up like fifteen passes last year, which is. ridiculous um including he had a great one on brock bowers just blanketed brock bowers and made brock bowers look small Mm. which like not the biggest tight end but still like it is kind of interesting to see
1: Yeah, and let's talk about Terry and Arnold because, like I said, we're focusing on six or seven mock drafts, and I'll just read who those mock drafts are going to be. Mel Kuyper, ESPN's Jordan Reed, ESPN's Matt Miller, NFL.com's Daniel Jeremiah, NFL.com's Bucky Brooks, and PFF's Trevor Sakima. That's one just to kind of throw in because it's a different perspective. Maybe not one of the ones to, like – Believe is going okay. to actually happen, uh, and then the Athletics Dane Brugler. Those are the ones that mm-hmm. we we've identified as kind of the top ones. And you mentioned Terion Arnold, not just in these mock drafts, mm-hmm. but in in the majority of mock drafts. This is the guy, the cornerback from Alabama. This is the one that the Broncos are taking in not just the majo- majority, but over fifty percent mm-hmm. of them. So mm. these are the seven mock drafts are kind of keying in on. Four of them have them going with Alabama's Terry on Arnold. And so let's dive into him a little bit.
3: Yeah. I mean, first of all, the Broncos just have a big hole at cornerback. Like you've got Jaquan in the slot, you got Pat outside, and then like you're looking at Damari Mathis or like Riley Moss, who they use mostly like as a dime, so kind of in the slot. And he, he looks more like he fits there than on the outside. Um, so it makes sense from that perspective. But also like like i said like he's he's big he's strong like he's physical he's fast like i'm curious to see what the testing is cuz Wiggins is probably going to be like in the 43s i'd imagine which is insane um, and I, I maybe that doesn't even matter so much anymore cuz like Tyreek Hills out of the division you're not so worried about getting burned like when you're playing DeVonte Adams you don't necessarily need just like pure speed you need like a big guy who can fight and Terry and Arnold he breaks things up like he he's taught Those Bama cornerbacks, they just play so well. It's like that big cover three, the way they funnel guys to the sideline or, like, push them into the safety downfield. Like, he just – the technique is there. He's not quite as big as Pat. Like, he's not as long as Pat. um, But there's there's just a lot to like.
1: Yeah, and it's not a surprise that Alabama cornerbacks are good, not only because Alabama – gets the best talent, mm-hmm. but you have the greatest college coach of yeah. all time who really focuses on defensive backs coaching you yeah. for four years. Mm-hmm. And in Alabama, you also do really develop there. It's, it's a different than some other programs, um, at, at least when Saban was there before he retired. So, um, Todd, I'm curious if you think this is a position of need worth using a first-round pick on.
2: You know, as I watch all the games, you know, throughout the year, I think that the number one need was offense, period. And if there are nine offensive players taken, there's still somebody there that we (laughs) can use. Um, You know, Damari Mathis, he didn't have a phenomenal year, but I think he played pretty solid for most of it when he became the starter and was really, you know, able to earn his spot. He had one or two bad games but for the most part. I think he played pretty well and well enough for the team to be successful. Like. I think you got to decide whether you want something like that's so locked down that you're willing to spend a first round pick on. Or do you have something that's pretty good right now and you can go get something to help you in another area? Like, yeah, we could always use another lockdown corner. But is that going to be the difference to take us from eight and nine to 12 and five? I don't think so. I don't think that's gonna do it. I think it's a quarterback. I think it's a tight end. I think it's more offensive production because if you're on the field longer and your, and your team is producing, you're actually gonna play less defense. There's less of an opportunity for guys to get picked on in coverage. I think we need offense.
3: I think the I, I have a lot of thoughts about Jaquan McMillan. Obviously like played really great and forced a lot of turnovers, but he wouldn't be the first player to kind of have like a bit of a sophomore slump. You know, it, when he was in coverage, he wasn't perfect. You know, like, he gave up the touchdown to Devontae Adams in the last game and was, like, inches away, and there were some, some plays like that where you're just, like, the Chris Harris comparisons are a lot of fun and be great if that was the case, but when you just look at, like, down-to-down, down, like, are you forcing incompletions? Jaquan is not at that level yet, and so if he keeps, like, getting the interceptions and forcing the fumbles and all that, then obviously, like, the Broncos might just have a pro bowler right there, and you go into the season absolutely saying, like, Jaquan's the starter, but... outside. No, yeah, no, just in the slot. But then you also could run into a situation where you say, like, okay, we've got Damari and Riley Moss competing for the outside job, got Jaquan in the slot. What if Jaquan does have a bit of a step back? Because while he did look good, like it is a smaller sample size, you can trust Pat. I'm not sure there's like that 10 to 15% chance that Jaquan just has a bit of a down year. And if you have that and you have trouble on the outside, then all of a sudden you're just reeling on defense. Yeah. You don't
1: need another starting cornerback on the outside because the combination of re-signing Fabian, going and getting a veteran that can fill that spot good enough Uh to be your second cornerback Mm -hmm. across from Pat and then Riley Moss, Damari. So you don't need one. So I think this is a luxury pick,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. but if, I'm picking a player or a spot on defense in the first round. I am yeah. picking cornerback because that luxury True. to have Pat and specifically a Terry and Arnold, who I think complements Pat perfectly, I think is so juicy. But Todd, I, I ultimately agree with you. It's a luxury because you need offense. Yeah. So yeah. if the right, if the maybe this is honestly worst case scenario if. The Broncos don't like Michael Penix Jr., J.J. McCarthy, um, or Bo Nix. uh, Not not even close to enough to use a first-round pick on him. Um, Then I would like this pick with the the way the board fell. But, man, I I do agree with you. It's got to be offense unless, Mm -hmm. honestly, the board falls like this. But with Terry and Arnold, he's the perfect complement to Pat because Kool-Aid McKinstry is pretty much uh, a— not as talented pat sertan now Uh still a really good player i would still Mm -hmm. feel comfortable if a a team used a first round pick on that what i mean is like great technique fundamentals coming out he is going to be able to be a lockdown cornerback but that's what you have in pat sertan what terry and arnold brings is he brings all the physical tools that you want just like pat sertan does as well uh he has more physical tools than Um, Kool-Aid McKinstry but then he's also a guy that makes plays on the ball and isn't that exactly who you want opposite Pat Sertan is a guy that isn't just going to be shut down but maybe gives some things up but also capitalizes when the ball's around he also I believe had five interceptions last year at Alabama that's exactly what we talk about a quarterback's gonna have to throw opposite of Pat Sertan a lot and if you have a playmaker out there That changes the defense.
2: I agree. I agree. But if I'm making a luxury pick on defense, I'm going outside linebacker.
1: Okay. Mm -hmm.
2: I think outside linebackers affect the game more than corners. If you look at most teams' makeups, not only is the outside linebacker more in the game in the run game, but also when it is passed, I can affect the quarterback. If you Mm -hmm. are beat, if you are running behind him, he may never even get the ball out. If you look at our team, every team, championship or not, I think Vaughn did more than a key, and chris i mm. think d Ware did more than chris mm-hmm. i think that outside linebackers affect the game more positively so if we're going to go somebody that's not offense then we have to go dallas turner mm. or another outside linebacker yeah. that's going to affect the game run game and pass game and really make a difference
1: and i, I love mm-hmm. hearing that perspective from you because you know it better than anyone <laughs> uh being in the middle and knowing how how all those guys affect it um and i totally understand what you're saying for me just why I go the extra luxury and cause maybe it is more of a luxury than that outside linebacker is then you would have your corners for the next 10 years. Yep. And you don't have that Pat Sertan at outside linebacker, which maybe shows that you need to go get your Pat Sertan at outside linebacker and, and use that pick mm-hmm. um, at, at outside linebacker for that. Mm-hmm. Well,
3: and then the other weird thing about outside linebacker is that you don't have any free agents. Like there's only like a couple positions on the team where you just have everybody back. Frank Clark. And, yeah, he's yeah. not on the team. <laughs> oh, you mean free agents on yeah. this team yeah. right yeah. now? Okay. Yeah, Um, but like you look through like Nick Benito's twenty four, Baron Bryan twenty-four, Jonathan Cooper twenty-six, Perkins is twenty-four, Inkoop twenty-four, the Drew Sanders, if you want to throw him in there, twenty three like they're so young there and they weren't great, obviously. I think so Jonathan Cooper had the most sacks on the team. He had eight and a half, tied for thirty-third in the league. You want more out of your top guy. The Broncos were also one of twelve teams that had two players with eight or more sacks. So, you could kind of look at that and be like, well, they did kind of like piecemeal. They finished 21st in sacks overall. Like, it's not an ideal setup, but just given that they don't have a lot of assets, if they decide, like, we're just running it back with Benito, Browning, and Cooper, hoping for some growth, it's not ideal, but it could work out.
1: Yeah, and you are, you are, your plan there is hope.
3: Mm-hmm. You're playing might, there's
1: hope. Might not be the best thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just relying on hope there. <laughs> nope. um, and so, Todd, I totally see what you're yeah. saying about going to get that guy. And you look at the four remaining playoff teams mm-hmm. that are left. Nick Bosa. Yep. How is he? Phenomenal. Yeah. Chris Jones, not a true edge guy, but still a pass rusher. Yep. How is he? Phenomenal. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson.
2: He's pretty good. Yeah. Um, and then
1: what team am I leaving off? Oh, and Clowney. Oh, yeah, and... Jadavion Clowney. Yep. Um, and, uh, oh, man, he's about to be a free agent. Defensive tackle for the Ravens. He actually leads their team in sacks. Why can't I think of his name? Oh. He's got uh, 13 sacks uh, this year. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's Matabuki, pretty damn good, I'm sure. too. I'm never the, sa- uh, I haven't said it since the draft. Yeah. Do you know who had the most sacks in the NFL this year as a team? The Ravens. Number one. You know mm-hmm. who number two was? 49ers the 49ers mm-hmm. now i don't know where the chiefs and lions stack up but one and two right there um so yeah pass rush pretty important and i guess that's why mel uh has uh latu going yep. to the broncos there in his production massive asterisk next to his neck who, injury who
2: are the corners for the um 49ers i know one is a pro bowler Travarius ward yeah various ward who's the other one
3: who is the other one that's my point Wow! <laughs> you can name Armstead. You can name Bosa.
2: You can name uh, Chase Young. You can yep. name Randy Gregory. You can name their hum, whole front four, four because they affect the game. Yeah. Yeah. True. Tre'Davious Ward, Pro Bowler, passer ten. That's the equivalent. Other guy on the other side just has to be decent. I he can't doesn't have to be is. nice. <laughs>
1: But Todd, yeah, you're right. I keep believing Chris Harris, man. It but that just, was, it's, it's,
2: its just of emotional. Course you, it's of course, you emotional. have like Cinderella moments where you right, get the right, best of right. the best. Like <laughs> yeah, you yeah. get times where you have Travis Kelsey and uh tyreek hill and your quarterback is phenomenal you got three pole bowlers first team all pros on offense sometimes you get those yeah but yeah. i can't say that you're gonna always get that but the formula is you got a pretty good quarterback you got a pretty good tight end yeah. we know those wide receivers on the Chiefs hasn't played well at all yeah. yeah but we got our quarterback we yeah. got our tight end That's true yeah you know but
1: i want the luxury of <laughs> purely on the field of not just chris Harris just in the game and to lead, but i want I want Rob Gronkowski and yep. only on the field, Aaron Hernandez. Yep. I want that. <laughs> I want that. <laughs> I want that combination. It's the ultimate luxury, <laughs> but it is a luxury. And so I totally see what you're saying. Killers on the field. huh?
0: <laughs> <laughs> <And off. laughs> yeah,
3: that's the thing though. was like, they're not like you make a good like you're not going to add a corner and go from eight wins to 12 wins. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't think an edge rusher gets you 12 wins either, though, is yeah. the thing. Like, you're kind of. So then we circle back. Uh, yes. You know
2: what's sad is we just, I think we have a lot of holes to fill.
3: That, that is the problem. I think yeah. that's the that, issue. That's that's totally really it's really true. It's really true. And honestly, the reason I go Arnold over. First of all, in this scenario where, like, Dallas Turner is off the edge, I guess you have, like, Jared Versus still out there. I just think Arnold has a better chance of being a pro bowler. Mm-hmm. Like, I just think that he's probably the better player than those guys. If they do decide to go edge rusher, like, I I totally understand why they would go that route. And come on, also two Alabama cornerbacks.
2: That would be cool. That would
3: be, that'd be fun. They'd that would be, yeah. Dope. Well, I also wonder how helpful that could be for, like, a, a second Alabama co- cornerback coming in and working with Pat, who made that same transition from that same system and might be able to, like, translate just a little bit and teach a little bit. Maybe, maybe potentially nothing, yeah. but like you, you never know.
1: May, and maybe Nick Saban comes out of retirement to be the Broncos defensive backs coach if Christian Parker gets <laughs> hired yeah, as the defensive coordinator. I mean, crazy. if,
3: if, if you also get Nick Saban, if you draft Terry and Arnold trade up for Terry and Arnold, yep, yep, yeah.
1: yep. Yep. I, I agree, man. And Terry and Arnold, the opposite personality of Pat Sertan. Uh-huh. We talk about how Pat's personality is fantastic. It's everything you want. Uh, as a as a teammate but as a shutdown corner it might not help him with the national uh, um what perception of, of people talking about him uh-huh. terry arnold will draw some attention to that, yes. so that maybe, like, maybe that would
3: help he's a dog too. like in the running game like even when he's going up against like offensive linemen like jay Kwon does this stuff too so it's not like he'd be the only one like obviously terry like a bigger guy so it kind of looks nicer and he's like tossing receivers out of the way but the tackles he makes are pretty crazy yeah yeah and he's big he is big and willing to get in there like that's that's part of the reason i'm so confident you just look at him and you're like well you're definitely an nfl player like look at look at you you know like you're there's no way you can't play in the nfl right what my question is would that discredit Pat a little bit because then you have another all pro style player on the other side or as daniel jeremiah said the broncos could pretty easily just have the best cornerback duo in the nfl but
1: Jeremiah also like mocked Terry and Arnold for the next 10 years, potentially
3: in theory, if you won't pay him that long.
1: And I yeah. just think they complement each other so well. Uh, I'm so sold on uh, this, even though I know we, it's a luxury. If
2: we make that pick, do we have to keep Russ? Is that the caveat? Oh, like, if we go defense, oh, then that means we, yeah.
1: So it's such a good question, well, and so, Todd. It's something I wanted to bring up after I tell you about okay. our friends over 80, legal Pete's, where. Whoever comes to town, we got to show them. Illegal Pete's, whoever the Broncos' first pick is, got to take them to Illegal Pete's because they've got the best queso in town. It's probably the best queso in the country. Also, the best margs. They're strong. They're delicious. And they don't taste like tequila, yet they pack a big-time punch. So you want to check them out. Uh, You can get the prickly pear marg. They have a great Mm. house marg. But then you can add, like, so many different flavors in, too. So check them out. And... uh, Check out their newest location in Wheat Ridge. It's off of 26th and Kipling overlooking Crown Hill Park. They're all over the state, Fort Collins, Boulder, all around Denver as well. We love them. They've got a fantastic happy hour. So check out our friends over at Illegal Pete's.
3: Go check out Red Hawk Roofing, too. For those of you who are lucky enough to own a home, um, make sure you put a roof on it. Because as somebody who rents an apartment, I'm no expert, but roofs seem pretty important. Yeah, even Um, in an apartment, they're important. Well, I have like... I I have a ceiling and I have like the people above me's floor. Yeah, but so imagine if they didn't have a roof. Eventually, I, would I guess eventually that would eventually get to you. You yeah. would think. Yeah. You would think. <laughs> um, so yeah, so Red Hawk Roofing for any of you who haven't been paying attention, get those guys out there because they're Denver's best roofers. And they're part of the D N V R team. They've got quality materials, decades of experience, quick response time. They're Colorado's best estimators and contractors. They love us, which we love. Um, and there's no obligation if you have one of their free roof and property inspections. Um, they'll have free in depth photo reports for all their inspections. Winter is already here so definitely get this figured out so that they can get to work um red hawk roofing is also giving away their company's two tickets to the nugget sixers game in three days and they're going to be doing it at our watch party tomorrow night so um they're raising money to match uh support for the volo kids foundation which we also love it's a good cause of good people so make sure you're at the dmvr bar tomorrow night so that you can get in on that uh, that drawing for the uh, two tickets for the Sixers game. What are the odds and beads actually going to play? Because what he hasn't played in Denver since twenty nineteen, twenty eighteen. Is it is it always
1: based on a slight injury or is it? will play the next
3: game. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> is the altitude? You think? No, it's a uh, little oh, Serbian afraid, flu
1: i mean he Instead just yeah it's it's soft it's soft he Damn, he just put up 70 you gotta come you he got just, to you yeah put up 70 on nobody's and you yeah, just beat no. the nuggets <laughs> in uh your home state so i mean if he's ever gonna feel confident enough to play the nuggets in denver it's got to be now right
3: yeah. i hate it they were showing they were playing that game and like the broadcasters were saying like well you've got to give him credit for playing in this game you're like what? We got to give him credit for showing up and playing in the game. Like, that's his job is playing the game. Like, oh, yeah, we give him credit for showing up when Jokic is there. Like, congrats. Like, oh, you're what a great guy playing in this basketball game, yeah, which is his job. Pretty damn soft.
1: Yeah. Um, but, Todd, you brought up the question that I had when looking at all these mock drafts. So, of these seven mock drafts that we're looking at, mm-hmm. only one of them had the Broncos taken a quarterback. Maybe even something more egregious in your eyes, Todd. Six of the seven mock drafts had the Broncos taken a defensive player. Wow. And I so wish that with every single mock draft that didn't have the Broncos taking a quarterback, they had a little asterisk of what the Broncos plan was mm-hmm. at quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I don't know.
2: It's it's up in the air. Yeah. And I feel like we can't go get a corner and then not put together <laughs> any offense. I mean, corners are great, but nobody can cover all day long like yep. people are going to get beat it happens even to the best of them so we got to have some way to for these guys to stay off the field um and if we do go defense i think we have to keep russell wilson ham Shine got to figure mm-hmm. it out jared stidham can be his backup but we got to bring russ back if we're not going to go get a quarterback
3: one and- of the uh, interesting things so like i've said they've had oh, all three of the big ones had four quarterbacks in the first round Two of them had McCarthy in like the middle of the first round saying like he should probably be a second-round pick. One of them had Bo Nix right there and said basically the same thing. The only mock draft that had two rounds in it was Dane Bruglers from The Athletic. He had Bo Nix going at 34. He also had Michael Penix at 44. So there could be a world in which the Broncos trade up and say, like, this guy's sitting right here. Now we can go get him.
1: No, 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 no. I hate it because... Mm.
3: In Why? this scenario
1: right here, where the Broncos don't take a quarterback at twelve, they have to have either brought Russ back or they have to uh, have signed a Jameis Winston mm-hmm. or a somebody Ryan said you were gonna say Jameis Winston. They're like, please don't say Jameis Winston. <laughs> <laughs> so Jameis Winston or Brian Tannehill, maybe Jameis would get some people excited, maybe he wouldn't. Outside of Jameis, like, they're not getting Baker Mayfield. Uh-huh. Yeah. They're not getting Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. No other quarterback in free agency is going to be exciting at all. But they have to have one mm-hmm. of those guys. But yeah. if you
3: have Jameis, you wouldn't be interested in having Penix?
1: No, no potentially. Okay. But, but so that change, because in this scenario, you have to have one of those guys. Yep. Because what you can't do is be relying on the draft after pick 12 yeah. to go get your quarterback. Your starting quarterback, like mm-hmm. what I'm saying is, in these scenarios, you can't just have Jared Stidham mm-hmm. on the roster. It can't Definitely. be Jared Stidham. It, and it can't be Jared Stidham and even like uh, Marcus Mariota. Like, mm-hmm. it can't be. Because there's a chance that if you're waiting for Michael Penix to fall and a team drafts him at 31 when you were going to trade up to 32, mm-hmm. or he's there at 40 and you're going to trade up to 40 and get him and a team drafts him at 38, that Michael Penix cannot be your plan of like, we're just going to grab them in the second round. That can't be your plan. That's why you have to have something else here. Well, like I would say if you're passing on regardless,
3: even unless unless like in March they trade up and get like a top three pick they I, I would imagine they're going to get another quarterback. You know, like they it's very rare that a team goes into the draft with holes on their roster unless you're like the Panthers and you're just like, well, we're just going to have holes anywhere everywhere. Anyway, typically you just plug all those up. So I would say, even if they're taking a, a quarterback at 12, or even if they plan on trading up, like you just can't be pigeonholing yourself into like, yeah, we sure hope that four of them aren't off the board before you get to pick 12. And we're just stuck with whoever number five is, you know? So I would imagine that whether it's Russell Wilson or somebody else, it isn't just Stidham and Danucci on the roster when you go into the draft.
2: It's funny because I feel like in these drafts where uh, they call it, quote-unquote, like a quarterback-heavy draft mm-hmm. or a wide receiver-heavy draft, I think we get spoiled, and then we start getting, become ungrateful for the players that are in the draft. Mm-hmm. Like, Bo Nix may not get picked till the second round. He still had 4,500 yards and was <laughs> 77% completion. Like I know. In nuts. any other draft, he's the top one or two guy <laughs> coming out of the class. Right. Like, I think just because it's not, you know kayla williams and drake may mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that these guys aren't going to be very good players and yeah. if they were in any other draft teams would be trading up to get these guys and so i don't know i just feel like i just feel like i don't want us to get caught up in the hype of all the guys that are going first and not feel like we can get somebody mm-hmm. good just because they're not top three or four and
1: also uh-huh. not being afraid to draft the fourth quarterback in the draft or the fifth quarterback in the draft now You don't just want to take a quarterback to take a quarterback. If you have a third round grade on Mm -hmm. uh, the fourth quarterback and he's the top guy left at 12, maybe not worth it then. But if you have a first round grade on Bo Nix and it turns out that he's the fifth quarter, there's four quarterbacks drafted in the first 11 picks. Todd, I'm right with you. You know who was a fifth quarterback taken in the draft? Lamar Jackson. Yep. How's he look right mm-hmm. now? Like Looks the damn best quarterback. Yeah. yeah, so it doesn't matter as long as Sean identifies him as a mm-hmm. guy. So I totally agree with you. And Bo Nix, man, the more that I watch him, the more yep. research I do about him, the more I think he could be Sean Payton's guy.
2: I really feel like any of the six I would take at twelve. If yeah. if the rest of them are gone, I, if one of those six are on the board, I would take them at twelve.
1: And if they're all gone, then you're okay. Then I, yeah, you're doing then we something, else. Do something yeah. Else. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. That'd be crazy if they were all gone. But yeah, I I went down like a Joe Milton rabbit hole last night, the Tennessee quarterback who's like 6'5", 245. Like some people have said he might have like the biggest arm in the history of the draft, (laughs) which is like (laughs) it's absurd and there's no way it's actually true. But then you watch him, you're just like, oh, my God, like that's a 40 yard pass. And it was just like a laser just right there. Um, The problem is he isn't like great at football. Like he likes he, like it's like a lot of like Dead one issue. read stuff and uh-huh. like the accuracy isn't always there. And I was like, well, he did still have like twenty eight hundred yards. It's pretty good. And then I like go through the others. and I was like, oh, turns out everybody's just going for like thirty five hundred yards uh-huh. now in college football, which is crazy. He's trying to
1: discredit Michael Penix going for uh, over forty five hundred yards. Know, back I'm not back discrediting Michael that Penix. Doing that. <laughs> any anywhere else in the
3: world. I'm super pro Michael Penix, but just comparatively. I it's guess I'm w- <laughs> no, 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 no. No. like when I talk to people outside of Todd, I'm like, I'm like the Michael Pennings guy, mm, but when Todd's here, yeah. he just takes it to another level. And wow, I'm anti Michael wow. then you got to knock him down. Uh, no, I, don't, not, I don't knock him down.
1: So, how do you feel about this, Jordan Reed? Let, let me just go through um, of these seven who they have the Broncos taking. Dane Brugler has uh, Terry and Arnold, so mm-hmm. does Bucky Brooks, so does Daniel Jeremiah um and i misspoke earlier there's actually one other cornerback that's not terry and arnold mm-hmm. that espn's matt miller has it's missouri cornerback how do you say his name ennis rakestraw ennis rakestraw yeah um which is is fascinating so four cornerbacks then we mentioned mel kuyper has latu going to the broncos and then um trevor uh, from pff trevor sigma has dallas turner going to the broncos and the one non-defensive player is ESPN's Jordan Reed, has Michigan quarterback J.J. McCarthy. Mm-hmm. McCarthy probably over Bo Nix and yeah. Michael Penix. Those I would guys were both second yeah. rounders. I'd probably put him third or on later. my list of those three in uh-huh. terms of how the Broncos would be. Around.
3: Yeah, I still haven't done like the full deep dive. Dre talked me into him a little bit because it is true. Like, you watch like if you turn on the highlights, for example, you turn on like the. JJ McCarthy highlights, and you watch him, you're like, oh yeah, he's out there, like he's playing football, like he's going through his progression. Then you turn on like the Jaden Daniels highlights, you're like, this is this is like (laughs) spread offense. (laughs) They're just like running deep. They're like, it is it's more like one read type of stuff versus Vince Young. Just (laughs) like it's totally totally the same. But then you like look at it, you're like, well if if you're trying to run an NFL offense, like McCarthy is maybe the most experienced in this draft at running just an NFL offense. yeah, And that does count for something. And it also, like, he has, like, the great offensive line and the running game and all that sort of stuff. But, like, third downs, he was really effective. You get, like, those rollouts. He's super effective. Like, you want him to go through his progressions. Like, he's done that. He isn't quite as experienced. Obviously, he's like Jaden Daniels, who was a starter in 2019, which is pretty crazy. But, like, you see the appeal there. You're just projecting a lot and saying, like, we, this is you have, like, a decent starting point, but, like, there's just, he just hasn't played as much football as some of those other guys. You know
1: what maybe the ideal scenario is? still growing,
3: probably. He's still growing? Still growing? Like, he's, he's probably putting been. on another, like, 15 pounds. He's still 20. He'll be oh. 21 by the draft, I think. That's
1: wild. You know yeah. what would be the ideal scenario, potentially, for J.J. McCarthy, for the Broncos' perspective? Huh. Jim Harbaugh becomes a Chargers head coach with the number five overall pick. Yeah. They take JJ McCarthy and they trade Justin Herbert mm. because I mean, yeah. Jim thinks JJ's the best quarterback in Michigan football history, if not mm-hmm. all of college football history, but it doesn't really matter mm-hmm. because Tom Brady was a Michigan quarterback too. So mm-hmm. if he thinks he's that good, wouldn't you use a number five pick on him? I <laughs> mean, <you could. laughs> I don't think
3: it'd be a bad idea. Like it'd no be way. I mean, I it, saying that if it was troll- Jim Harbaugh
1: chargers way.
3: Yeah. But I mean, like if, if it was like the Falcons taking him there, I'd be like, what the hell are you doing? But if it's Jim Harbaugh taking him there, like, you know what he does well. You communicate for Like, you keep this offense very similar. Like, the transition, the odds of it working out for J.J. McCarthy with Jim Harbaugh are twice as good as they are for J.J. McCarthy with just about anybody else. What if he took another quarterback? <laughs> then I would like never a totally I would consider touching J.J. McCarthy. It's like when Pete,
2: Pete Carroll was at the uh, at the Seahawks and he they needed a safety. I remember Taylor Mays in college, just oh, yeah. breaking people's spines. It was yeah. like the year right before you know uh, Pete Carroll came Ooh. to the Seahawks and he takes Earl Thomas in the first round. Yeah. <laughs> like no. that
1: would be crazy. Yeah. No, that would be crazy. That's also good. You stay so far away from J.J. <laughs> I just
3: pulled up the Terry and Arnold stats just because I was like. I remember watching him make like a bunch of tackles, and I was like, "There's got to be some cool numbers." He had six and a half tackles for a loss last year as a cornerback. Dang, that's ridiculous. He yeah. also like forced a fumble, the 12 pass breakups, the five interceptions, the sack, 63 tackles. Like that is a loaded stat sheet, and he also like played in the slot a bunch, which is nice. But the, he is the best cornerback in the draft. Like I'm convinced. Luxury. I'm ready to come lock it in. Put it in ink.
1: So among these, among these guys, let's wrap this conversation up. Among these guys that have been mocked to the Broncos, Terry and Arnold, Dallas Turner, uh, Ennis Rakestraw, uh, J.J. McCarthy, and Latu, who would you like?
2: Uh, dang, that's tough. Let me go with... Uh, I think Dallas Turner's a great player. I don't know... I want you to be trending up as you exit college Mm -hmm. and not kind of like teeter off. It happens to the best of them, though. Um, So I guess we'll take a corner. (laughs) Let's
1: go (laughs) go. over J.J. McCarthy. Let's do it. (laughs) I love it. Yeah, I'm going Terry and Arnold, too.
3: Yeah, I think I probably would. You know, I I almost talked myself into J.J. McCarthy there just for a second, but I'm not, like, tricking myself. Um, Dallas Turner, if he's there, is tempting. He's a little skinny, but, like, that's a still like a big dude on the edge and like a freaky talent you might look back and say like he was a hall of fame type of player but i also think like terry and arnold he isn't going to be bad like you at the very least have like a starting corner you patch that up and i think there's a real chance that he's just an incredible player also
1: boom i love it i love it this is gonna be fun we're gonna go back to mock drafts a lot this offseason as things shake up um and let's get to the comment section let's hit a couple super chats first one coming in from our friend vincent who says like the idea of trading down George Payton does mm-hmm. well drafting later round guys and the draft is deep. Might still get Penix next JJ or draft Pratt in the third round. Um, so really quick with trading down the dynamic between the Paytons is so interesting. George mm-hmm. Payton uh, with, during his time with the Vikings loved trading down. They trade down all the time from the first round to the second round later in the draft. They loved accumulating picks. George said, it's like darts. You just want to have as many darts as you can to throw it aboard when it comes to draft picks. So he always likes to have like 10-plus draft picks. Yep. Sean Payton, the complete opposite. During his 15 years with the Saints, they traded up in the first round yeah. more than any other team mm. in the NFL. So you're right. George Payton does like trading down. Sean Payton, the one who I think is making the decisions, likes trading up. Yep. So the Broncos have six picks in the draft this year. George Payton wishes it was 12. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they select four. Four or five players because they trade up and use some of those picks
2: i think that's smart and then when you're always trading down man you got to be careful of who you're trading with and what uh implications that can have mm-hmm. because we've all seen the bills yeah and they traded down from 10 <laughs> yeah. and of course the chiefs went and got patrick mahomes bills end up getting three pro bowl players but patrick mahomes is integer season yeah they would trade those in the for i think you would definitely yeah. trade those away oh, yeah if you can man. go back in time so gotta man, be careful
1: in their tweet when they put it out Said like play, they the Bills tweeted it out when they made the trade. Yeah, before knowing who Patrick Mahomes was. And it said like pleasure doing business with you, Chiefs. They thought they won. yeah, not
3: really <laughs> pleasure anymore. Yeah. What would you guys think of taking a lineman? Because that's the other thing with Sean. Yeah, Sean, they take a lot of like tackles. Um, yeah, I mean, because there's some really good ones, uh-huh. like you could just go get like a great tackle at number 12.
1: Yeah, It would be the ultimate kind of like we're rebuilding this year and Uh and it's not a bad move. Like you look at the lions, they had what the number two overall pick when they drafted Penny Sewell. And that was like, well, that's not going to make us a much better team next year, but for the next 10 or 15 years, that could be the good move. And it certainly looks like it was the right move then. Um, But it's just not, you're not taking a jump next year by doing that.
3: No, because you already have kind of like your lineman, right? Mm-hmm. But then you, it would get, make it really easy to move off of McGlinchey after next year if things don't go well. Or like bowls this year. Bowls, you could like you could trade him that same day if you wanted to and add another pick. I don't know. I still don't have. I don't know what I think of drafting a tackle.
1: Mm, that's a good question. Yeah, that's a big conversation. Next one from Nick says, "What's a fake trade that would get the Broncos a top five pick?" Of <laughs> uh, okay. Um, so what do the Broncos have to what would the Bronx have to give up to get to number five uh, mm. with the Chargers? Let's say number
3: four. The, four is
1: really expensive. The Cardinals.
3: Four you're trading for <sighs> Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah. Or that's how the Cardinals see it because that's who they would take. That's the tough thing. And so like you're I don't even think two first probably does it. But that's <sighs> where like if, if you're trading for the Chargers pick first this year, first next year. You probably need to throw in something this year just so that they get, like, a little bump there. But a third? I think the Chargers would definitely take that.
1: Man, so then you pick at number five if you're the Broncos, and you don't pick again mm-hmm. until the fourth round. Yeah. Wow. So whoever you're and there, was there like, better be damn good.
3: Like, the scenario there for me is, like, the uh, Dane Brugler draft. He was the only one who didn't have quarterbacks top three. He had Jaden Daniels going number eight. Wow! Like if you're sitting there and you can trade a couple first-round picks for Jaden Daniels, go do it. Yeah. yeah. Like that's totally a, agree.
1: That's an easy decision to make. Totally agree. Next one coming in from Joe says, Todd, can you tell us if the NFL is not equivinal, uh, uh e- equivocally
2: unequivocally
1: unequivoc- Oof, thank <laughs> you. unequivocally rigged, scripted using numerology or? Oh, wow. Uh, I don't even. Gemetria? I've never heard that word
3: before.
2: No, me neither.
3: <laughs> I would say it isn't though. It isn't huh? geometry.
1: <laughs> it isn't geometry. That sounds like sounds like something you don't want. I think it,
2: if it is rigged, um, it's not rigged by the players. Mm. It's yeah. rigged by maybe but you officials. Think or you know that? No, I'm not saying that it <laughs> is. I don't think the NFL <laughs> is rigged. No. But also, you would like understand seeing certain things happen, like having a Super Bowl winning team and trading away most of your pieces after you mm-hmm. won the Super Bowl, not really trying to get back into the mix, mm-hmm. not really trying to find a quarterback, not saying that's what we're, we did. But. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that but is true, isn't it? it huh? Definitely, you know, you can, the people that have the power to move the pieces are the ones that can rig it more so than like guys, because guys are fighting for their life and mm-hmm. they're trying to make uh, more money. Yeah. And I've never had anybody hand me a bag of money. Uh, <laughs> That'd be cool, So bro. That might be cool. How's your, uh, yeah,
3: when does your NDA expire?
2: NDA for what? For <laughs> not being
3: able to talk about the NFL being rigged. Uh, I think I like got two more years left. <laughs> two like, back in in two years. <laughs> exactly. we'll what makes it so tough, uh, it's definitely not rigged. The NFL isn't rigged. But the refs are so bad that it just opens the door for they people to so say that it's rigged bad. because the refs screw things up constantly. Let's hope it doesn't happen this Sunday. Yeah, because all it takes is like, honestly, either way. Like, like, what most people expect, especially in Denver, is like, oh, they didn't call the pass interference, and now the Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl. Look, the NFL loves the Chiefs, but it could go the other way, and all the Chiefs fans are saying like, the NFL isn't giving us a chance. They're sick of the Chiefs, like (laughs) whatever. And it's just like, because of the bad refing, it just opens that door, and that's the part of it is like they're teaching refs to ref badly now. It's like, yeah, you know, like, if it's a if it's a turnover, like. Or, like, it's a fumble, and you're not sure if it's a fumble or not. Don't blow the whistle. Like, let him run the ball because it'll be an automatic... Like, no, get the freaking call right. Like, as soon as you start saying, like, don't just get the call right every single time, you're opening a can of worms right there. And, I don't know. We can have a whole ref podcast at some point, but I it's terrible.
1: And let's open a can of worms to end this by checking in with an OG over at ddnvr.com. Nacho Brad says, OG checking in. It was so great to hear me called out, although... I'm officially now Nacho Brad. I've That's changed true. from Burrito Brad ever since Ryan mentioned every yeah. time he saw me, I was eating nachos, not burritos. Still true for our newbies and Todd. It started out the off season during, what, seven or eight years ago mm-hmm. when someone mentioned a burrito shop located in Flagstaff, Arizona. I dragged my wife and daughter on a three-hour road trip to try their <laughs> breakfast burrito just because two random guys on the, quote, radio asked me to do it. The rest, as they say, is history. My daughter now has two daughters of her own. My goodness, how time flies. Greatest memories of DNVR. One, Brandon Spano yelling at me for wearing a BSN shirt to the draft, which Mm -hmm. we were only on sale for about five minutes before the Broncos got them pulled off the shelf. (laughs) That's right. Broncos BSN shirts. We had them, and the Broncos said, nope, you can't sell those. So we pulled them off the shelf. Two, um, commissioning the worst league in the history of fantasy football, the first ever BSN International Fantasy League with 32 teams. I think my starting quarterback was actually a second stringer. Three, another OG. Ryan Clayman donated donated a lot of money toward a fantasy draft bar tab at the Blake Street Tavern because he couldn't be there in person. What a class move it was. And shout out to Ryan Clayman. Four, the meetup in Phoenix meeting everyone, especially Andy and his wife from Europe. Five, my undying rivalry with Spacebar. Shout out to Spacebar as well. So many good memories. Still here, still listening, still dreaming about the glory days behind and better days ahead. Love you guys. Remembering the 2018 podcast hits like Why aren't people more excited about Jared Valdir and what Uh, Saquon Barkley could do for the Broncos? uh, Nacho (laughs) Brad, love hearing from you, Nacho (laughs) Brad. We need to hear from more OGs as well i remember hearing
3: those podcasts actually oh, yeah. i remember working and having those in the background <laughs> while i was working i love it. it i love, I love it <laughs> What a time <laughs> yeah, why aren't people more time. excited about jared beldeer what a podcast are <laughs> <laughs> <Or> the two-hour <laughs> sure. shows with 40 comments on them and oh, i was like oh yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah oh yeah we get 40 comments and we want we want more <laughs> comments from the ogs and from everyone over at the dnvr.com thank you so much for tuning in with us today we'll be back tomorrow 11 a.m